When 2022 began, the trucking industry's federal regulator predicted there would be several big rulemakings during the year. However, many didn't happen. The main reasons are the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration didn't get a permanent agency head until the second half of September. Plus, it had to deal with COVID-19 and the challenges it brought to trucking and the nation's supply chain. This means 2023 will likely be a very big year for trucking regulations. I'm Evan Lockridge, and this is the Eyes on the Road podcast, sponsored by PrePass Safety Alliance, the provider of PrePass way station bypass and electronic toll payment services, online at prepass.com. Well, it's that time of the year when we look at what new and updated trucking regulations will be coming our way, and not just from the FMCSA. So let's get right to our guest. Joining me like he always does for this time of the year is Warren Heyman, a prepass consultant and a former deputy administrator at the FMCSA during the second Bush administration. Warren, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Evan. You wrote an article that was published at the beginning of the year on the PrePass website about what to expect with new trucking rules. In it, you divided up new rulemakings and government actions for trucking in 2023 into three groups. The first being what will be on the truck, the second who will drive the truck, and the third who will be in the trucking business. So let's begin with that first one, what will be on the truck. And I see new rules about truck speed limiters and what's called UID are expected from FMCSA. In the second half of 2023, uh, FMCSA is expected to publish what's called a supplemental notice of proposed rulemaking, which means they're going right back at a proposed rule on speed limiters. Now, those who affect trucks that are in interstate commerce, and what we don't know, however, at this time, is what speed FMCSA will propose, or perhaps what speeds plural. Most folks don't realize, but over 30 countries have speed limiters on trucks. Where FMCSA will most likely look is at our neighboring Canadian provinces of Ontario and Quebec, where speed limiters cap trucks at 65 miles per hour. Those provinces, by the way, also allow truck drivers to turn off their speed limiters when they're entering other jurisdictions with higher speed limits. But as I alluded to, FMCSA may not propose just one speed limit. Uh, Europe, for example, is now requiring new cars to have so-called intelligent speed assistance, which actually reads local speed zones. So could that be coming for trucks as well, that when you're in town, you're held to the lower speed limit, and when you're at the highway, to the higher one? Now, comments from a lot of comments already filed by truckers have focused on the need of truckers to speed up to accommodate merging traffic or to pass slower vehicles. What we all need to remember, though, for safety's sake, is that traffic, weather, and road conditions often dictate driving slower than the speed limit. Now, he mentioned something called UID. When it comes to UID, FMCSA is considering a request from law enforcement to require all trucks to have a unique identification device, a UID. 
that would broadcast the identity of the truck to the roadside enforcement. This electronic license plate may transmit other information too, such as the mechanical condition of the truck. Does this truck need to be inspected? Or maybe the hours of service data of the driver or where the motor carrier itself has been. Now, listeners to this uh, broadcast will know that trucks in fleets that participate in prepass or other way station bypass programs already announce their presence to roadside enforcement. But the difference is they do so voluntarily and they receive a benefit in return bypassing way stations. There are real legal questions about government enforcing laws solely based on electronic surveillance. No doubt. Now, also on this rundown of new rules about trucks from FMCSA Warren, you highlighted automatic emergency braking and side underride guards. What's expected and when? Well, automatic emergency braking, and you may see it as AEB, is already a feature offered on many new model trucks. Congress has now mandated its adoption on all new trucks. AEB is Forward Collision Avoidance and Mitigation. FMCSA will be working on this rulemaking beginning in January of 2023 and working with the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration Uh, NHTSA uh, to handle the technical details. The one concern here, because we're already working with this technology out there on the road, is that as with all advances in technology, there can be an over-reliance by the driver on that technology. The driver, him or herself, has to take some action. Now, Congress also directed the U.S. uh, Transportation Department to study side underride guards on trucks. It's an effort to protect motorists. Of course, trucks already have rear underride guards, and uh, Congress already said, also said, strengthen those standards. And FMCSA will also be proposing new standards for rear underride guards on straight trucks. But let's get back to side underride guards. The side underride guard proposal has received some flack from trailer manufacturers. They ask, how can they build side underride guards for flatbed trailers, which are designed to flex under a load? If you've ever seen an empty flatbed trailer, you see it's got a little bow to it. That's to absorb the weight. What about tankers and other trailers that have pipes and valves underneath that need to be accessed. And the trailer manufacturers and the motor carriers have also expressed concerns about the weight of the side underwrite guard and the impact on fuel efficiency from carrying that extra weight. All right, I want to turn to the second part of your article, Warren. Who will drive the truck? And I see we may be able to expect new rules when it comes to drug testing truck drivers. Well, we will. An an arm of the uh, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, uh, sets the scientific and the technical standards that all the Department of Transportation agencies like FMCSA must follow when conducting drug and alcohol testing. That HHS agency has approved oral fluids testing, saliva in other words, and that'd be added to the urine tests that are already used in the trucking industry. Now, the good thing is oral fluid testing is non-invasive. It can be done um, for typically less expense than urine testing, 
and it can be used uh, at roadside and in post-accident situations, all good things. We, uh, however, have to see the Department of Transportation formally adopt uh, the oral fluid standards, and we expect that to happen in 2023. Turning from oral fluids to hair testing, that is still stuck at the Health and Human Services Agency because they're concerned that evidence of drugs tends, tends to be picked up more easily by darker hair than by lighter hair. And darker hair is common to certain racial and ethnic groups. People respond, of course, either drugs are there or they're not. And in fact, a group of motor carriers who, at their own additional expense, use hair testing to help reveal lifestyle drug users that aren't caught by urine testing have petitioned FMCSA to have hair testing approved. We're awaiting how FMCSA may deal with that petition. So oral fluids testing, yes, hair testing, we're looking for more. Uh, Speaking of drug and alcohol testing, what about any new regulations involving the FMCSA's drug and alcohol clearinghouse, which keeps track of truck driver drug and alcohol test results? Well, the FMCSA drug and alcohol clearinghouse turned three years old uh, not long after 2023 got underway. That birthday means that the clearinghouse will now have three years' worth of data And that three years happens to be the time that federal rules say a motor carrier must conduct a background check on driver applicants. Now fleets only need to go to the clearinghouse and and not have to try to reach prior employers of the driver applicants. What's the effect? Well, frankly, this should make it more difficult for driver applicants to hide past drug violations. A common shortcoming of reaching out to past employers was they might not be in business anymore, so you don't get the report. But the clearinghouse has the reports they did submit, as well as reports from third-party drug administrators and from medical review officers. So there's more data there, and we'll reach out to the drug violations that have occurred. Now, Warren, the last part of your article you wrote concerned who will be in the trucking business, and there are some big regulations that are expected. The first one isn't from FMCSA, but rather the Labor Department. Tell us about it. The U.S. Department of Labor has proposed a new federal definition of independent contractor. Now, one sigh of relief from owner-operators and truckings and fleets which utilize independent contractors is that the Labor Department is not proposing the so-called ABC test that the state of California has adopted. As many of you know, the B prong of the ABC test looks at whether the worker engages in the usual course of business as the company, and if if so, you're likely an employee. Well, for an owner-operator offering truck driving services to a motor carrier, uh, courts find it very difficult to distinguish the role of the owner-operator from the basic function of the fleet. Department of Labor has not gone to ABC, In fact, past court rulings prevent them from doing so. Instead, labor is proposing a multi-factor, quote-unquote, economic realities test. Here's the catch. The proposed test 
would consider such common workplace expectations as compliance with law, compliance with rules, be sure you're in line with safety regulations, and meet customer requirements as evidence of employer control. That is, you are an employee. And as you look at that list, safety regulations, for instance, are set by the government, not by the employer. So the Department of Labor test could be very sticky. And last but certainly not least in this conversation, Warren, I see that FMCSA is going to revisit its controversial Compliance Safety Accountability Program, known as CSA for short. What's FMCSA expected to announce regarding CSA? FMCSA has not directly used the term CSA for quite a while, but recently we had what was called the Department of Transportation Significant Rulemakings Report. And in there, FMCSA says that in 2023, it will seek public comments on how to, I'll quote, how to better use data and resources, including inspection data, to remove unfit motor carriers from the highways, unquote. That, of course, is the function of CSA, Compliance Safety Accountability. One of the questions around CSA is the future of item response theory, or IRT. For those who want to go back in history a bit, the trucking industry complained that not all of the seven basics, the seven safety categories used by FMCSA in the CSA program really related to crashes. As a result, because they were not necessarily related to crashes, there were arbitrary assessments being made of carrier safety. So at the direction of Congress, the National Academy of Sciences recommended that instead FMCSA utilize item response theory to make safety evaluations more statistically valid. Well, here's the problem. IRT is very data intensive. FMCSA sought access to the carrier data to support IRT. Data such as where do you travel? What cargo do you carry? How do you pay your drivers? How much turnover do you have in your fleet? But the trucking industry considered much of that data proprietary, and FMCSA didn't get it at that time. So the big question right now, Evan, as we move to another look at CSA, is whether item response theory will be abandoned or maybe it will be implemented. Warren, we've talked a lot about expected regulations that, quite frankly, some people in trucking believe are not needed. I guess what I'm asking here, is there any good news on the regulatory front for people who feel this way? Yes, there is. And here's one of the positives. There is a lot of attention from Congress and from the Department of Transportation on improving and expanding truck parking. Having said that, that's government at work, but fleet managers also must do their job and tell trucking story to get states and cities to make truck parking their priority too and to access some of the funds and the guidance that have come from Congress and DOT. And Here's something we actually hope to see, and that would be FMCSA action on detention and delay of truck drivers at shipper facilities. We know on the downside that some drivers are tempted to speed to make up for lost time at shipper facilities. For safety's sake, FMCSA could view this rampant delay in detention as a form of hours of service coercion by the shippers themselves. If a facility has a history showing drivers coming out 
over hours or speeding, perhaps FMCSA can go back and put some sanctions on those shippers because hours of service coercion is already illegal under federal law. That is Warren Heyman, a prepass consultant and former FMCSA deputy administrator. Thank you very much, Warren. Thank you, Evan. And you can read more about new rules and regulations that are expected in trucking in 2023. Just go to prepass.com and click on the Resources tab. There you can find the Prepass blog and previous editions of this podcast, as well as the Resource Library to read about other trucking topics. You can also keep up with developments in trucking by following Prepass on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And that will do it for this first edition of the Eyes on the Road podcast for 2023. I'm Evan Lockridge. Thank you for listening. And as always, keep your eyes on the road.